Hey there, V2X Nation and friends. This is Hope Skibitsky, the Learning and Development Manager at V2X. And you're with us here on Converging on Leadership, the place where we use transparency, vulnerability, and lessons learned to develop ties with our leadership to help us better serve all of our internal and external customers. Hey, podcasters. Can you picture yourself with a challenging, rewarding career as a commercial and defense contractor? Maybe you're already working for V2X and would like to expand your horizons with a new opportunity, or you're interested in getting started with us. V2X is here for you. We have a wide array of job openings, some for those who want to support the United States military warfighters, and for those of you who are interested in the ultra-secure world for one of our country's three-letter agencies. We pride ourselves in developing our employees for future opportunities. Did we mention we have locations and positions all across the globe? If you are interested in a rewarding profession that pays well with competitive benefits, check out our website at gov2x.com careers. Welcome back again. We're here with Steve. Had him on last go-round. We talked a little bit about driving change, making sure things didn't sit stagnant. But this time, I'm hoping you'll talk to us a little bit about business acumen. Now, a lot of people don't fully understand what that means. What would you say business acumen actually is? Well, uh, I, to me, I think it's an overused term. Sure. Okay. In, in, in this company. So I'd like to come back to acumen. Um, and leave the business part out for a few minutes. Acumen is, is being knowledgeable in your trade. And so in, in um, you know, we have operational acumen. In, in Lockhead, we've got operators who can, who can make things hum. They can go into a base camp, 3,000 infantrymen, create order out of chaos. That's operational acumen. There's HR acumen. Oh, you need people? I can get you people, whether it's a subcontract uh, labor or, or direct hires. I want HR acumen. Um, I think on top of that, for a company like V2X is business acumen. And so business acumen is a, a little bit, to me, more esoteric. It's the combination of operational acumen, financial acumen, HR acumen, to create something that the, the, the business can use to satisfy your customer requirement. And at the same time, make the money that we had proposed to make um, when, we, when we took on that work. And so I think people look at business acumen as this... this uh, this target, this finite thing that you either have it or you don't. Um, and I look at it more as an esoteric thing that if you did a good job in ninth grade algebra, you'll get it. Okay. Why or should the frontline supervisor at Arbos care what it is or should they have any take on understanding it? I think they should. Um, Arbos, not my, not my portfolio, but if I'm the program manager at Arbos and I'm, I'm a middle-level manager sure. inside of Carl's portfolio and there's an expectation that I'm going to do what I said I would do. And so a proposal goes in and says, you're going to do these things. We're going to do these things at Arbos. A program manager then takes that proposal because we've won, goes to Romania and says, oh, my God, all these things that we said we can do, we can't do that. And we can't do this with those amount of people. But over here, I need less people. And, you know, because the reality on the ground doesn't match mm. what we had proposed. That's not a bad thing. That is the way the business is. We, here's the requirement. We bid to the requirement. We won. Here, here's your proposal back. Go to Romanian work. You look at that. The PM didn't write the proposal. The PM looks at that work and says, yeah, no, I can't do that. But I can still do it. And I can do it under the price or inside the price that we can do. So business acumen at that level is being able to take what you're given 
being given your left and your right boundary, having the, the human acuity, the human acumen, mm-hmm. the people acumen skills with your subordinates, the people acumen skills you'll need with higher HR, with, with uh, subcontractors, and taking that and getting done what you need to get done. So I think it does. I think there's a level of flexibility yeah. needed for, for business acumen, a critical thought needed for that, a communication skills up and out. Because mm-hmm. I got to tell my boss, hey, I know you bid this, and, and you think this. Let me help you with those thoughts. That's not what's about to happen. But you can also get back to where you need to be. I think when I, business acumen allows you, allows me to say um, to BD, you go ahead and bid it. Get us the win. We'll figure out how to make money. That's business acumen in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's kind of, if I were to draw a likeness, it's kind of like standing in the kitchen and knowing that if it calls for eggs and you don't have eggs, what could you use to substitute that, to make the thing tasty and functional in the whole kit, that's right? A great, that's a, I think that's a great example. Yeah. I think at some point, um, and again, I, I look at business acumen as a more esoteric term. I think HR acumen is, is a finite skill. I know how to hire people and how to do this. I think operational acumen is a different skill. I can create order out of chaos. Mm-hmm. I think business acumen, um, is a little, depending on the level that you operate at, a little bit more esoteric. It is taking that recipe, that taking grandma's old recipe, and you're missing an ingredient. Yeah, Figuring it out and making it taste similar to what she used to make. That's, That's right. a great example. Well, you mentioned last episode about... Saving Private Ryan and the captain that was insistent that they were going to clear that one area of the beach. Um, And so sometimes we get so myopically focused on a single thing that we don't really see how we fit in the bigger picture or how what we are doing might impact the bigger picture because... This, this is my sandbox, right? Um, and the reason why I think there might be value in some of our, I mean, very lowest level leaders, formal and informal, understanding at least what it is, is to your point, how do we take what we're given and do something with it? How do we know if something's missing? How do we know if, if we could do it better maybe than we offered by understanding how the, the arena works and having a good network, right? I think that takes uh, communication up and down and left mm. and right. But I think sometimes we do that well, and sometimes we don't do that well, and we have pockets of greatness, and we have pockets on, on that where we need to work. But I think a great PM uh, for this company is a PM who... Program who, manager. Program manager. Okay. They look at a problem, and they say to themselves, I don't know. Let me call my higher headquarters supervisor and find out what they think. And the higher headquarters supervisor, the first question they would ask that PM is, I don't know, what do you think? And have that dialogue about what do you think, what do you think, and, and coach and mentor our way into a solution that, um, that is close to what we had proposed. I do think that our, our middle-level managers, our program managers, our task order managers um, ought to never suffer in silence. Sure. And I think sometimes it's a source of pride. Hey, I don't need any help from higher. Yep. And they, we all need help from higher. Right? 100%. I mean, what, what's the old saying that bad news does not get better right. with time, right? right? Like if you need help, go say it. Yeah. I do think that our, our but I think one of the ways we can tease it out of, if you don't, if, if, if that PM doesn't ask for help, eventually we'll see it in the financials. Mm. Right? Eventually when something's going poorly, we'll see it in either uh, uh, employee complaints because we're doing something wrong. We'll see it in the financials. We'll see it in, it'll manifest itself in a number or uh, whether it's a number of complaints or a number uh, with a dollar sign in front of it. And then senior leaders will know, hey, there's something going on. And we're using Romania as the example. Bad example because things go right sure. in Romania. And things, I think things are going quite well there. But that's the example. Hey, what's going on there? Hey, somebody needs to go there. And maybe some, somebody should have gone there last year when they first started out there. Yep. 
yes. and sit down with the HR people on the task order and the finance people on the task order and the contract professional on the task order. What are you guys thinking? How, how close was the proposal and, and the win to what you guys are seeing here? Well, it's not very close or it's very close. Okay, let's let's continue that dialogue. Well, so you mentioned in the last episode that people can grow a lot in their people skills and their capability by moving around maybe and not just sitting in, in a single location or a single uh, vocation. And and I started in the Air Force as a medic and I, yeah. I got to go be a drill sergeant for some time and I moved on to be a career assistance advisor. And I think all of those things helped me better serve when I became a command chief and I had to learn how to help my boss take care of a large installation and a lot of people. Having had experiences doing those things was was good. Where I know that sometimes someone at the very lowest level might think, why are you talking to me about this thing? It doesn't apply to me. And if you wait until the time that it does apply, it's probably too late. Would you say that's true? I would say that's true. Um, but I'll also say this. Um, and it's, and I think it was also true in the military. Mm-hmm. I spent a little time at Fort Bragg as a young soldier. And I remember seeing non-commissioned officers who had never left Fort Bragg. Mm. I've been here for 20 years. I've been here for 22 years, uh, Lieutenant Shapiro, and I've not left, and I never plan on leaving. I'm right here on Smoke Bomb Hill, and this is what I do. I'm in this brigade, and I've been private through through Master Sergeant in this brigade. And I would say, to you know, in some respects, more power to you. Um, so not everybody always needs to move. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's also incumbent upon us as senior leaders not to pick and choose the future leaders, but to, to, to offer programs. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're a young program manager. You're a young up-and-comer or an older up-and-comer in this company. Um, here's a program store available. I think Randy Nicholson has a menu of things that, that we can do. Um, and then we encourage people to, to look at it. And those and it's, they're voluntary. Sure. If somebody wants to stay in their job in that position uh, in perpetuity because that's where their family is and they like it, I value that. Sure. I want, I want, I want, in log cap, I need hundreds of you, right? Don't, and that, that's that's right. But I, I need a couple of score who have, who have other ambitions. That's right. Not, not, and they're not better. No, sure. You know, I mean, you know, at, at some point, Mrs. Shapiro, I, I think I told you early on, um, we're, we're first-time homeowners. I'm 60 this year. Nice. A first-time homeowner. Um, she's not moving. She's, so I'm with, done with that yeah, moving she's thing. Yeah, she's done with that. <laughs> so if V2X says, hey, we can offer you a job, but you've got to, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm that person who's now stuck in my location, uh, in my vocation, with my family, and life couldn't be better. Sure. So I don't, I don't criticize that at all. But there's other folks who have other ambitions, and we should cultivate that. Sure. And I think, too, though, because to your point, it's amazing. There's a lot of folks that are like, I'm happy where I am. And that's okay because we need, as we used to say in the military all the time, we need a wrench turner that wants to be a wrench turner and nothing more than a wrench turner. At the same time, though, it's important to bring that wrench turner in on conversation when we're about to talk about how things might have to work differently when turning wrenches so that we can get the person on the ground's opinion on how that may or may not function well so that we're, we're considering all aspects of the thing, back to your point of, of diversity of opinion. Um, and so when we're talking about helping people see, like, why business acumen might be important, someone might say, well, I don't know contracts. That's not important to me. I don't do contracts. But you mentioned earlier, at least understanding it will help you know if something's doable, not doable, or if there's a better way to get to yes. Everything we do in V2X is a puzzle, mm. right? Isn't I mean, there's nothing, nothing is, um, I feel like, in, at least in Log Cap, nothing can be done by one person um, or by one entity in an organization. Sure. And so I do nothing at my level that doesn't involve finance, 
contracts, and HR. So you have to know some of all of it. I, I, you know what? I have to know who they are. <laughs> Get right. me, I'm going to call Jamie. I'm going to call Bob. I'm going to call Jeff. I'm going to call Carrie. I have to know that. And I have to bring him into a forum. Hey, guys, I've got this task. We're competing for Army and stocks. We're going to win one of them. I guarantee we're going to win something. Mm. Hey, we've got to go to a place and work Army and stocks. Um, okay, we've won blank one. Get them on the get them on the teams. Okay, guys, we won Korea. What do you think? I, I what are you guys thinking? That's right, Carrie. What are you thinking right now? I Carrie Cotton. I think gets a little bit you know disturbed and every time I open up a conversation <laughs> with her. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Um, hey, Carrie, what are you thinking? I ask her that 100. percent Because I I value her thoughts. I value her opinion. That's and good. So I do that with her. I do that with Bob. I do that with a lot of the team. What are you thinking? So it's important not just to know some of what someone does, but to know who those someones are, right? Absolutely. Because they're the subject matter expert. You know, going back to our last episode on communication, I think we're, we're in, a, in a point right now with the merger where we're, we're very inwardly focused. We're that Navy uh, uh, engineer on the beach who's clearing this beachhead. The tanks are floundering. I don't care. I'm clearing this beach. And so we've become very vertically integrated because we're kind of in our in our lane. And we have got to, if we're not careful, we'll become it'll become baked in. Mm-hmm. This vertical integration, this I don't need to talk to contracts, I don't need to talk to them, um, other business advisories, because this is what I do. Mm, eventually you will fail. Sure. If you don't talk to contracts, if you don't talk to finance, if you don't talk to HR. And so we have got to I feel as a leader, one of my things one of the things I do, um, by adding no expertise, is schedule a meeting on we're having this problem in Kuwait. So I'll have Iona on there, who's a great task order manager, but may not be getting what she needs from other business advisories, and I'll invite them all in. Sure. Hey, Iona, what's that problem you said you were having? I think it's this. Well, like contracts and HR and finance, let them all speak. Um, and that's a way of, of, of problem solving. Well, even just in my short time in the company, I've seen people move up or move on, and someone else has to quick you know, wear that hat for a bit. So they have to at least have a working knowledge of what goes on in that arena, know who the subject matter experts are, know how to call on them. But ultimately, they're still going to be asked to make a decision while they're wearing that hat. And so learning early on how to understand the different portions of what's going on in the business is invaluable. And, and I liken it to, I have a, a friend, my best friend was in the Navy and when they were on the ship, she was an electrician, but they actually could earn what they called a special warfare pin by getting signed off by a chief in each different area around the ship saying, hey, in the event that something happened, they could take up and do what needs doing there. Um, and it just sort of demonstrates your ability to understand or have a working knowledge of what happens in all portions of the business. Yeah, I think that's succession planning. Exactly. In some respects, when we, we, and, and I think this company does that well. Um, you know, the Army, it was... And the Air Force with you, it was institutionalized. Yes. Because you became a squad leader, so you become a platoon sergeant. And so this was institutionalized in, in our service, um, in, in our in our time in the services. But but we go through probably once or twice a year with, I go through with, with the people who I work for. Hey, here's who's managing these task orders now. Here's three names of somebody who can come behind this person. Two names. Come behind. This one has nobody behind them. I've got a problem over here. Mm. Hey, Carl, do you have somebody who does this too? And so we do that frequently in this company. And that's where we sit down and, we, and you're able to say, um, uh, now that I've got these two or three names, hey, what are we doing for schooling? Mm. Hey, hey, Randy, what can you do to help me with Jones or Smith or, or this person to get them to get them the acumen, not necessarily business acumen, sure. but the overall acumen, the leadership skills to come up to here? 
you know, I, 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 I'm a student of history, and um, I've read a lot about Eisenhower. We were talking about Eisenhower uh, uh, earlier on today. And I think it was Eisenhower who talked about the ability, when we mobilize the country for war, somebody who's serving in a position to serve two positions higher. Oh. You know, Eisenhower, at the beginning of World War II, in, when it started in Europe in 1939, I believe he was still a colonel. Well, five years later, he's a field marshal. He's a five-star general. That's pretty meteoric. Uh-huh. You know, that's very fast. But he had to prepare himself to serve echelons higher. Um, we are in, 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 I know, at least in LOCAP, we're, uh, later on this week, we're going to look at what if we get called upon to do something in Indo-PACOM that's, um, that has the potential to be, you know, supporting the military in a combat situation, whether it's in, in, in Korea or in Indo-PACOM. That's our task. Sure. Like we won lock cap. We don't get to choose. Eh, we, we want to do all the tasks on there, but not that war one. Yeah, yeah. If you win in lock cap, you win this. If there's a war, you're, you're, you're in. in. You're yeah. in. Um, and we're going to sit down later on this week and say, hey, we've got to start putting uh, people and services at some of these islands. Well, who's going to, who are we putting there? Mm. Like, who's going to manage that island there for, for all these services? Um, I'm going to have to pull somebody out of Iraq or out of Kuwait. On Friday, we're going to sit down and say, what, is, what are the attributes of that person? What does that person need to be able to do? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I can look at some of the deputies that are over here or an HR manager over here or a contracts manager over there. You know, that sounds like that would be, that's the right person for that job. Then we're going to communicate with that person. Hey, if something happens, we're, we have an expectation that you'll join us over here. Are you in or are you out? And then if you're in, what do we need to do between now and, you know, God forbid there's a war? To get you ready. To get you ready. Yeah. Um, we're, we have to have those conversations. So that becomes, I know I spoke uh, earlier in the last podcast about our burning platform. Mm-hmm. This becomes a burning platform for leadership training, yeah. for what I would call acumen, subset business acumen, that all the other acumens lead to that. Business acumen being a yeah. bit more esoteric. I, I wouldn't say, too, though, that that's strictly succession planning. I think that that's also talent management. And the thing I love about that is... Sometimes people don't know their own capability, but you as leaders are looking out across the the platforms going, that person doesn't yet know what they're capable of, but I see it in them. And sometimes if you challenge them with an opportunity, they'll step up to the plate. And I I love the idea that we're helping people think of the the greater thing that they're capable of doing, because sometimes they just wouldn't see it in themselves. At some point in the next two weeks, I'm going to come up and say, Hope, you know what? We just went through this whole Indo-Paycom scenario. Um... I see a role for you in the third island chain. All right, man. Um, you know, at, 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 at blank hour, at blank day. Um, is that something you'd, you'd like to think about? You know, you want to go back and talk to your family about that. Sure. Because, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, that, that's the way we operate. And then if you said, yeah, well, you know what? We, we, we've, got, we've got this other exercise going on. Um, we do a lot of exercise in the Philippines. Would you be willing to manage a base camp in the Philippines next year? Uh, during one of our exercises, just to get a feel for yeah. how that transactional piece works. You'll be working for a guy who's going to coach and mentor you through this, um, and you'll be fine in the Philippines. And if you're successful, there's other things out there. And then you go back to your day job, of course. Right. Um, but we we owe it to ourselves to not throw somebody into a situation for the first time. And so it's talent management. It's succession planning. It is how do we how does this company uh, fight and win? Yes. And, I, and I, to me, it's all about the acumen. Again, a subset. Sure. Business. 
No, I think it's great. And I like that we think like that. But I also like that we're here talking about it because everyone that's here with us listening to this conversation might start to think either they've thought about it before but didn't give it much thought and maybe they should dig a little deeper or they've never thought about it and they should find an, uh, a conversation to have somewhere that would maybe get them engrossed in some of those those things that they hadn't spent much time on that will be crucial for them should they decide to grow within the walls well, of their There's country. a handful of people who are putting very deep thoughts into this. Yes. Um, because it's our, it, this is what we do. You know, I mean, V2X is a great company. You know, I mean, we, 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 everything we bid, we, bid, we win. We're, 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 you know, the profits are happening. I know all these things are happening. Um, okay, what's next? What, it's a long money conversation potentially. Yep. It's the long plan conversation. It's, oh my goodness, what happened? Um, as a senior leader, you, you think through that and then you say, well, based on this, I've got to have more training, talent management, succession planning down here. And so it's that long, that long requirement, that long money requirement that we like to think through and, and have that lead to other things. Yeah. Well, this is good. I feel like I could sit here and talk to you all day. It's very, it's very enlightening. It's super comfortable. I've appreciated having you on uh, the podcast. Maybe one day you'll decide you want to come back, spend a little more time with us. Um, happy to come back. You just let me know. Yeah. So I, I think we've wrapped it up unless there's anything else you want to add before you go. Oh, I, I, I know I've talked about, you know, uh, acumen being and other acumens. I'm not trying to downplay business acumen. Sure. But I, I think, I, I think when I look at business acumen, I define it differently than, than maybe even the CEO would define it. Um, doesn't mean that he's right and I'm wrong or I'm right and he's wrong. It is, as long as you're getting after it, I think you're fine. It's when you stop thinking about it. It's when you stop changing or adapting or learning, um, and then you lose all your acumen. Then that's when you're, that's when you're a lot less useful to the company and, uh, frankly, to, uh, to everybody. It's good thought. So, uh, pleasure to be thought. here. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for sharing. Join us again when we have Corey Mitten package on, and we'll see you next time here on Converging on Leadership. Please subscribe to Converging on Leadership on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash V2X dash Inc. And please let us know what you think of our show and what future topics you'd like us to cover. Converging on Leadership is produced by K-Global and brought to you by V2X. V2X transforms operations and sustainment for government and commercial clients worldwide through operational support services, training, and converged environments that integrate physical and digital infrastructures. Learn more at gov2x.com. And until next week, I'm Hope Skibitsky, and thanks for listening.